welcome back to the Music Therapy Podcast. Um, we are back to our regular episodes starting this week. So today we're going to be talking about how to know if music therapy is the career path for you. My name is Alyssa and I'm joined by my co-host, Aubrey Nichols. Let's get to it. So we're going to start off by talking about how we both knew that we wanted to pursue music therapy. And uh, I'll go ahead and start. So I I kind of knew that I needed to do something with music. Um, I felt like that was my calling and I wanted to spend my life serving and making a difference through personal connections and with people and and the career of music therapy combined all of my talents and passions. And so when I discovered it, I just knew like, this is what, this is what I need to do. Um, and I felt like it was kind of this like, aha light bulb moment. Um, and then I never really questioned that once I got into it. Um, Aubrey, kind of how did, how did you know that you wanted to pursue music therapy? It's funny that you say that because I think at least a lot of music therapists that I've talked to or students, uh, they say something pretty similar of Mm -hmm. once they figured out that music therapy was a career choice, that that was what they kind of stuck to. They just had this gut feeling or a light bulb moment that it was um, for them. So Mm -hmm. I had always had a lot of interests in a lot of fields growing up. Um, I'm a creative at heart. So I liked everything from interior design to art, um, whatever form of expression that looks like. But I also liked things like I'm a big history buff. So I love history. Mm -hmm. I loved medicine. I played around with the idea of being a nurse for a while. But I never knew that I could do anything related to music outside of performance or teaching. And I knew that those were some things that I just didn't want to do. I didn't really feel a calling to do that. So I remember I was desperately in community college taking a bunch of online quizzes, trying to read up on different fields. I job shadowed some counselors and different individuals in different fields. But it wasn't until I took a particular quiz that actually mentioned music therapy And I was just reading the definition and I was like, this is incredible. It combines my love of psychology, helping people, kind of like what you said, um, and music and even things potentially like working in medicine and working in a hospital um, and a lot of that science and research backing, you know, music therapy as a whole. And so, yeah, I kind of had a similar feeling. I remember just being so excited and telling my family that I found this field, it just felt very tailor-made for me. And um, so after that, I actually shadowed my now supervisor at Women's and Children's Hospital, Emily Herzog. She's amazing. And I remember having just an experience that left me feeling super emotional, but also empowered and just, it was a wonderful experience. And so that was, that day was kind of the day I was like, well, yep, I think I need to start looking for schools that have a music therapy program because that Mm -hmm. was what I knew. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I think you're right. I think a lot of people, um, you know, that I've talked to about this do have kind of a similar story about that, that moment where they just, they just know. And, um, So let's get into some other like personal testimonies. Um, 
there's a great online article from the Odyssey written by Emma Ritchie, and she's talking about how she knew that she wanted to be a music therapist. Um, and she was kind of inspired to write this article based off of similar um, styled articles about different career fields like nursing. So she wanted to write an article just highlighting how she knew she wanted to be a music therapist. And this is what she had to say. I want to be a music therapist because music has helped me through the worst parts of my life. I want music to be what helps those struggling through the worst parts of their lives. Some days it might not work, but in the end, I know it will. And she goes on to talk about that she um, is working with prisoners in a, um, a um, rehabilitation facility, um, a correctional facility, and she she talks about why she wants to work with that population. And she says, because they're people too, and they need to be rehabilitated as well as um, being reprimanded. I know that I'll need to set my safety aside and step outside of my comfort zone. But if I can help just one person, I think that the fear might subside a little. After all, these people are in this place because they need to remember that they are people. If that's something I can help with, then it'll all be worth it. And I think that's so cool because she's kind of touching on um, a, I think, a common trait amongst music therapists, which is just a desire to help people and be willing to set aside our comfort sometimes to um, kind of reach, reach people in tough situations and whether that's physically or emotionally or environmentally, um, you know, I think that's super cool. And I definitely think that um, there is an aspect of courage that is involved in being a music therapist as, as with most helping fields. I'm, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's just us, but um, I definitely think that you have to be committed and really, truly desire to help people in, in all kinds of situations. Yeah, I agree because there's a big process when you go into music therapy too. You have a variety of different clinical experiences and some of them are, you might find more difficult for you than other people or a little bit more uncomfortable than it is for other people. And I think Mm -hmm. that's great to learn then because not everyone's meant to work in every population or have a particular passion for that population of individuals. And I think that's great because it would, one, it would be boring if we all tried to go into the same population and work with the same people. But I think we're all meant to work with different people. We have different personal assets or skill sets that are going to work well within a different population. And so, yeah, I think that's that's really awesome that that's kind of what she's leaning towards. And I know she also mentions uh, a line that I thought was really important to remember. And she said to really think about why you're pursuing what you're pursuing. And I think this goes mm-hmm. for any field, as you probably agree, like especially in high school or in college, when you're really struggling to find what you want to do, at least for a majority of your career you have to really know fundamentally why you're pursuing that. What are your motives behind it? Or um, is what you're pursuing really going to highlight your personal talents? Or is it going to be you kind of pretending to be someone that you're not? And I think a lot of music therapists, um, at least some that I know, they start out as music educators or music performers, and they just don't find it fulfilling enough, or they don't you know, think that they're really using all their skill sets in a be more effective unless they were in music therapy 
And so I think, yeah, especially if you're going or considering music therapy, um, keep that in mind to make sure you're really in this field for the right reasons. But I think it goes um, for any field you're considering, really. Absolutely. And um, Bethany Holmes kind of touches on that in in an article called Why Music Therapy is the Career for Me. And she says... um, She's talking about why she's majoring in music therapy, and she says, the answer seems obvious, doesn't it? I love music, but the majority of people in my major have deeper reasons as to why this is their career of choice. For me, it's several reasons, and she kind of goes on to highlight that she does love music and the arts, but the second biggest reason she's majoring in music therapy is her love for helping others, and um, she can't think of a better way to spend her life than doing the two things that she loves so much. And I think, I think that's, that's absolutely relatable. And I mean, she goes on to talk about how everyone in her major is caring and sensitive and dedicated to bettering other people's lives. And not only do you get to make music, but your music making is making a difference Mm -hmm. in someone else's life. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us had kind of had instances and moments in our lives where, um, you know, we've really come to realize the importance of music therapy or um, music. And it's it's a very personal thing for us as well, because we know what it's done for us. And we want to do that for other people. Um, so, yeah, it's and she I mean, she kind of this quote that we have here, she ends it by saying, once the fire was ignited for me, I couldn't put it out. And um, that's that's so relatable, I think. And just it oh it gets me like excited and worked up just thinking about I, that feeling of like when my when I'm my fire is lit and I'm thinking about the things that I'm passionate about with music therapy I could just I mean I could go on and on for hours <laughs> yeah I was gonna say it really is kind of a goosebumpy quote especially as we yes. are like music therapists it's like oh that's awesome that's what I exactly what I feel and what I think most people should feel when they're talking about the career they're going into if you don't it's I think it's just going to be a more difficult road until you figure out it is what you want to do so yeah and um, I think too on the other side if you if you get to a point in your career or your education where you realize you don't feel that excitement then maybe it's time to reevaluate um your career choice and there's no shame in that at all because it's really not for everyone mm-hmm. and um You know, there's just a lot of things to take into consideration with that. Absolutely. All right. And then one other thing I kind of wanted to point out from this article was really the emotional side of being a music therapist. Uh, Bethany also makes some really good points in this article by addressing that emotional side. And she says, Mm -hmm. I'm an extremely emotional person and I do have trouble hiding what I'm feeling. In fact, if you take a look at me at any given time, you can probably take a pretty accurate guess of what I'm feeling right then. I'm pretty nervous that I won't be able to keep my personal feelings in check, but I know I will learn in time, experience, and guidance from my peers and professionals at school. And I do realize that I may not be able to help every client that comes my way. And while that upsets me greatly, the feeling I know that will come with helping at least one person will make up for the one I couldn't help. And I really love that. And she also says that music therapy is clinical for her 
but it's also magical and beautiful. She says, music therapists are an underrated category of heroes in my book, and I can't wait to be one of them. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really how I feel right now in this internship. I've just Mm -hmm. seen my professors and all the music therapists that I've encountered, every single one of them has just been so inspiring, whether it's the research or their clinical work they're doing or just their presence in a space when they're teaching about their experiences or a new skill set. They just want to inspire other music therapists to keep pushing through even when it gets hard because it is magical and beautiful. Yeah. And, and challenging. Yes. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of things to consider. So let's talk about um, what to know before applying to a music therapy program. So this, this is kind of going to give us an overview of the field and our qualifications and what it actually logistically takes to become a licensed music therapist, music therapist. So personal qualifications are kind of outlined um, by AMTA, which is the American Music Therapy Association, which is our national organization. Um, The personal qualifications of a music therapist include a genuine interest in people and a desire to help others empower themselves. The essence of music therapy practice involves establishing caring and professional relationships with people of all ages and abilities. You need empathy, patience, creativity, imagination, and openness to new ideas and understanding of oneself are also important attributes. And I might add that they're crucial. Yes. <laughs> because music therapists are musicians as well as therapists. So background in and a love of music are also essential. Um, individuals considering a career in music therapy are advised to gain experience through volunteer opportunities or summer work in uh, nursing homes, camps for children with disabilities, and other settings which serve the needs of people with disabilities. I think you really have to get a hands-on um you have to get hands-on experience in different populations and maybe even environments that you may not have the most comfort in to know if if you're really going to be well-suited as a person to work with individuals of all different populations. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is all just a bigger way of saying, you know, you need to know what you're getting into, to be completely honest. You need Mm -hmm. to be prepared for a variety of things. I know one thing that I was surprised by is that you need to be prepared just to enter our program. You need to be prepared to audition Mm -hmm. and have this expectation that you're going to have a variety of musical performances that you have to participate in. And this was something I was really nervous about. I know there are a lot of music therapists like you, Alyssa, that really do like to perform. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, I went into music therapy really kind of hoping there wasn't much of an emphasis on music performance. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I got into the program that I realized that that was something I was going to have to entail because I didn't want to be a performer. It's still something I struggle with. I've definitely gotten more comfortable, but that was really because of the training that I had at Maryville. Um, it was definitely mm-hmm. scary at first. And so, yeah, again, yeah. it was just something I had to be more flexible about. And you just become you know, more comfortable with it as you get the experience. But if you are like deathly afraid and it's something like you might just enjoy listening to music or playing in your bedroom, but it's not something you're willing to push past in order to kind of meet that goal, then that would be something to kind of consider, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and then kind of on the, you know, same side of that, though, is at the same time, at least in my situation, even though I did have a little bit of that performance anxiety, I still didn't let it get in the way of what I was passionate about. You know, mm-hmm. I realized going in that I'd have to pass proficiency exams. I think if you ask any music therapy student, that is one of the most feared things that you have to do <laughs> is that piano mm-hmm. and guitar or voice piano proficiency. And it might steer a lot of people away I know a lot of people enter that program having never played an instrument. And you know what? That's also okay, though. I was one of those people who had never even touched a guitar. You know, my brother and my dad have played the guitar, but I had always just enjoyed voice the most. And so it was never something that I actively chose to get lessons with or anything. And, and so mm-hmm. that was really daunting to go into a program and I transferred. So I had about a two year, two and a half year goal of getting out. And so it was a lot to spend all of that time practicing guitar in such a short period of time to pass that proficiency exam, but I still did it. And honestly, it was really mm-hmm. worth it. And even though I know I'm not in the place that I want to be, like I want, I have a lot of continuous goals I'm working on as far as keeping sure I'm remembering individual notes and practicing scales and developing new skills. It's something that is just, it's worth it for me. And it's something I really enjoy now. So I think you just have to go into the program being willing to be patient and really have that motivation to learn and also have a lot mm-hmm. of grace with yourself because that was something yeah. I really struggled with is, yeah, making sure that you're practicing to the best of your ability and as much as possible, but you really want to be aware of that burnout early on. And so just give yourself grace when you're learning anything new, especially an instrument. It can be really mm-hmm. challenging, but it's also one of the most rewarding things I think you can do. Yeah, Absolutely. And kind of one really, really good way to get a visual on what you're getting into is to just go see it in real life firsthand. Yes. Go Mm -hmm. shadow a music therapist around you. Um, If you're thinking about music therapy, you just need to know what it really looks like and kind of what it entails. Um, You know, does it make sense for you? Go check it out. So to get a hands-on sense of whether um, a music therapy degree is your calling, the AMTA, the American Music Therapy Association, um, suggests contacting them. And uh, you can go on the AMTA website, um, musictherapy.org, or um, you can call them at 301 589 3300 and ask for a list of music therapists in your area who would be open to job shadowing. You know, there's a whole directory of music therapists on the AMTA website and you can just pick out someone from your town and then shoot them an email, you know, see if you can contact their practice and say, Hey, I'm interested in coming to watch you. And I'm, I'm sure that most music therapists would say, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, You know, if it's at all possible, I'm sure that they would be willing to, to do that because you know, we we want to help grow our field and we want to be able to educate our community on what it is that we do and 
So I, I mean, speaking for myself, I would always be open to that. <laughs> um, and if you're in the Columbia area, definitely contact Giving Song if this is something that you're thinking about. We will absolutely make that happen for you. Um, but um, we'll we'll put an article link um, in our description that um, will kind of connect you with various schools in the U.S. that you can explore if you want to find a music therapy program as well. And it's important to um, kind of vet and go through all of the different music therapy programs because they are all very different. Yes. They um, teach different music therapy philosophies and orientations and um you know, they have different emphases on music or psychology, um, depending on, you know, what kind of degree or um, structure of the school that it is. Is it a music conservatory? Is it not? So just kind of considering what each school offers is really important to find the program that's going to be the best fit for you. Yeah, that was definitely a factor that I learned about early on. And I'm glad I did because there are three great schools in Missouri that have a bachelor's of music therapy program, but that was yeah. why I chose Maryville is because some of the other ones just, they had some things that I loved, but also some things that I was like, oh, I'm not so sure about. And it was really making sure mm -hmm. of those things that each individual program had that helped me kind of also just choose and make that final decision. So it's a great way to help. Um, yeah. yeah. You vet and see the school, Melissa. So um, yeah, for sure. Let's see. Oh, yeah. And then just to kind of continue the conversation, you know, this is not meant to scare anyone away from being music therapists. We really want people to be excited about music therapy. But I know I was just yeah. at the regional music therapy conference, which they hosted online this year. And it was just a big reminder of all the amount of work music therapists you know, yes. go through. And there was a great article that I found that is becoming a music therapist. And they talk about, um, while it's important to have a passion for music, and it's very necessary, there's also a rigorous coursework and training that goes into becoming a music therapist. I think a lot of people go into yes. it if they don't know what music therapy is, or the credentials a music therapist needs to practice. I've met several people who think that they can just get like a degree in music and minor in psychology or vice versa and go out there and mm -hmm. claim they're a music therapist, but it's not how it works. Um, so experts mm -hmm. definitely agree that students who are looking at music therapy programs should be comfortable interacting with others, kind of like what Alyssa talked about earlier, um, particularly individuals with disabilities or medical conditions. And the article also encourages individuals interested in music therapy to volunteer, just like Alyssa was talking about earlier, again, at Special Olympics or different local nursing homes, uh, and just really assess if they're a good fit for the demands of this profession. And you also really need to be a good musician and be willing to be flexible and learn a variety of instruments. Uh, like we talked about earlier, you have mm -hmm. to pass uh, various proficiency exams with guitar and piano, but there are also a lot of fun instruments that you get to learn how to use, like the auto harp. Uh, you get a lot more hands-on experience with different percussion instruments and you also really need to be as comfortable with singing as possible and be prepared for a commitment of a lifelong professional development as a music therapist, because this field is constantly growing and evolving, which 
awesome. Mm -hmm. And the demand for music therapists is growing as well. And so I'm really, it makes me excited and proud to be a part of the music therapy community. But it also just reading this article was really reminding me of all the things that we have to really go through to be music therapists. It is a lot of work. And people uh, initially, I don't think might think that we have to go through all of this training, but we definitely do. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the, the first kind of big hurdle is just getting through your coursework. Um, I mean, becoming a music therapist is not as simple as majoring in music and minoring in psychology or vice versa. Like you were just saying, some people think that that's all it is. And um, they are (laughs) sorely mistaken. Um, A quote from Becoming a Music Therapist is, some professionals say a minor in psychology can be beneficial for entering the field. However, a student with a major in psychology and a minor in music is not eligible to sit for the certification exam. So the curriculum for a music therapy degree includes coursework in music therapy, psychology, um, general music studies, biological sciences, social and behavioral sciences, um, disabling conditions, and general studies. Piano, guitar, and vocal proficiency are required at minimum and are the most frequently used um, instruments in therapy. And after four years of coursework, you are then eligible to complete a six-month, 1,000-hour minimum internship before you can sit for the board exam to become licensed to practice. It's kind of, it's really kind of the sandwiching of two degrees. And, um, After I graduated, I kind of went back and did the math, estimating how many hours I actually spent in seat. Um, And it was something like 150 credit hours of only class. Oh, my gosh. That does not include music practice or homework, which I'm telling you is hefty because it is a music degree as well. Um, Most degrees, just for reference, most degrees are 120 course hours and – realistically with the six month internship, the degree is, is a minimum of four and a half years. Um, it's, it's just a lot. (laughs) And it's, there's just, because there's so much that we have to learn and, you know, we're, we're kind of, um, Renaissance uh, practitioners, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're generally, we know a lot about a lot of different things and that just takes time to study so many different areas. Um, you know, and we're not experts necessarily in any one specific area, but we do have to be aware of a lot of different, um, you know, fields and a lot of different research and uh, just a lot of different concepts that together creates our prof- um, our profession. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. I can't believe you did all that math because I completely believe that. Yeah. <laughs> it it felt like, especially when you just think of yeah. all the hours you're putting in those practice rooms, you never know how long it's going to take you to master a skill. And so that's, oh, again, yeah. you really have to love music therapy uh, and music in general to mm-hmm. really be in this program. So Um, Another kind of point that I wanted to bring up is just don't be afraid to ask questions, you know, about, like we said earlier, when you're, whether it's considering what music therapy program you want to be in, or just questions about music therapy in general. It is a really good thing to be curious about any field you're going into and never be scared about a, a quote unquote dumb question, because I promise you it's not. And to someone who's really 
excited and loves to be a music therapist, they're going to love any question you ask them. And they're just going to be really excited. Yeah. To share um, all about what they've learned and their experiences. And they're not going to judge you guys. Music therapists have heard it all and have heard all of the, yes. <laughs> yeah, whether it's assumptions that people have made about music therapy um, or just any encounters that they've had. Do you have any good examples of that, Alyssa? Um, oh my gosh. I, I mean, I've, I don't know. I've, I've heard all kinds of assumptions about, you know, I mean, we get it all the time that, oh, you're just a volunteer, right? Or, oh, you just play music for fun. So what's your actual degree? Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, other professions have, um, questioned our legitimacy and said, well, how is what you do any different than an iPod? Or how is what you do any different than um, just giving a child a teddy bear during a procedure? Just really, really um, a lack of, you know, education. And so that's something too to consider is, you know, we we are experts at advocacy for ourselves and for our field. Mm-hmm. And we love to get questions from everyone because it gives us a chance to clarify misconceptions and to educate and that's a huge part of what we do so yeah always ask questions yeah and kind of to go along if you're listening to this podcast and you're excited about music therapy and you but it's not necessarily something to pursue that's totally fine we just appreciate anyone who's willing to advocate for music therapy in any way uh possible yeah and so just having a definition and being able to tell someone the podcast or point them to the aim site is going to be really helpful for us. And mm-hmm. something else to think about when, if you are currently a music therapy student or you are considering music therapy, is to just be patient with yourself and with others. You are going to be able to educate others and understand that there is this general lack of awareness about music therapy about just what it is and who we serve. And so there's going to be a lot Mm -hmm. of days where you feel like you may not have done enough. You could practice more, you could study harder, you could, you know, whatever it may be, but you really just need to be patient with yourself. And kind of what I said earlier, if you're practicing a new instrument, you have to have realistic expectations of what you can learn in a given, you know, amount of time. And you have to be able to learn how to pace yourself and really manage your time in a way that works for you because not everyone learns the same. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a fine balance of not slacking because you want to make sure you're having at least even if it's five or 10 minutes to practice something uh, a day, if you don't have those big chunks of time, but you want to balance that with some self-care early on and also make sure you're having some hobbies outside of music because this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately is I really find Mm -hmm. that your relationship with music changes when you go to school for music therapy. It's going to evolve, it's going to shift. And if it's your go-to hobby, you should really kind of go into music therapy expecting that it is going to, after a while, feel like work. And as, you know, as much as we love music therapy, I know for me personally, there are days where I have to not 
pick up a guitar or sing music Mm -hmm. and there are other days where that is what I need to whether I'm feeling emotional if I need to play a song or write a song to process through my emotions I still do that on occasion Mm -hmm. but I find that I really have to have some days yeah where I just step back from all things music therapy related and make sure that it is a day or several hours where I can just focus on something else whether it is I'm I'm kind of an old lady. I like to crochet. I like to make art. So I find that it's always something very creative and still expressive, but it is not music related. Um, I'm also very project oriented. So it's usually something I'm creating or, you know, whatever. Or if you just need to like binge watch some Netflix, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, just make sure that you have that balance of hobbies and relationships that are going to make you a well-rounded person and someone who is able to just keep a a nice balance in your life when you're entering this field. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And then just, you know, to keep in mind that with, with any career, your learning doesn't stop after you graduate. And this is especially true for music therapists. Um, You know, because we are a research-based field, it's we're always learning. We're always asking questions and always seeking to improve our practice, um, both as a musician and as a therapist. You know, we're always growing. And that I mean, that is part of our um, we do have to do continuing education to maintain our certification. So we it is our ethical obligation obligation and our duty um, to continue to to learn and grow. And, and so we have conferences and we have continuing education resources all the time and, and in music therapy and different related areas. And, you know, it's important to stay up to date with the literature and the research. And I mean, I love this part because I'm like a big nerd and I love Same. to read new <laughs> research, especially if, it has, especially if it has anything to do with like, um, neuroscience and um like I just have different like research areas that I'm like very nerdy about but um so this is just something to consider too you know you may get to the point where you graduate and you're like man I don't I don't feel like I know it all and guess what you don't (laughs) and that Mm -hmm. is a-okay we're always learning and you're never going to be done learning or practicing or growing as a you know a musician and it never stops it's just a big journey and um is it hard? Yes. But is it rewarding? Absolutely. You know, I, um, and there are are a lot of considerations for, you know, finding a good situation for yourself in a job and, and dealing with burnout and discouragement throughout your career. That's, I mean, you're going to have to address that. But I think for anyone who has stuck with it, there are touchstone moments in our career and in our education and, you know, just in our journeys that we can look back at and say that moment right there for all of the tears and all of the struggle that made it worth it. And, um, you know, I, I have those moments from internship and even from, you know, my job now, like every, every, every practicum that I've done, every, person that I've worked with, I've, I I try to find those moments that keep me coming back and keep filling up my cup and getting, lighting that fire and getting excited. And so, you know, my, I just want this to be an encouragement to um, students and to, and to MTBCs out there, like find those gem moments 
and hold on to them. Write them down. Put them in a journal so that you can yeah. look back and say, yeah, was my degree hard? Did I have to work off my butt and no one understands what I had to go through? Yeah, that's true. But you know what? You get to change people's lives. And it's just a really, really cool opportunity that we have as music therapists to be with people in a very special way. So I just I just want that to be an encouragement to everybody that's listening because um, it is it is incredibly rewarding for all of the hard work that we have. Yes, to do. absolutely. No other field gets to do quite what we do. It's 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 a magical experience. Yeah. I love that line. It re- it really is. It really is. Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do our repertoire challenge and um, sneak peek at what we're going to talk about next time. So we'll be right back. All right, everybody, thank you for sticking with us for this conversation today. It is time for our repertoire challenge. Okay, this week we have a great song called Drum Roll, You've Got a Friend in Me. This is such a cute song, and I've literally been playing it like the last two or three days because I'm preparing to record this for a client. Um, and I, this is just such a fun song. Aubrey, I love this song. And obviously, Toy Story, some of my favorite movies of all time I, yeah I was it? gonna say I agree it is a great one if you want some basic chords but if you're really working on kind of transitioning in between them really quickly there are a lot of them kind of crammed in this song but I think that's what makes it a fun song to play and it's also yeah just a really positive message that I think you can use the song in most populations to be honest I know it's technically a kid's song but yeah. folks our age like teenagers I think a lot of people really Really like it just has such a positive universal message and so yeah that's why I picked it I was like this oh, will yeah. be great yeah I love it it's so so good so I am excited to keep jamming to this song and as always if you want to send us a cover or an idea for how you are going to use this song or how you have used this song shoot us an email at intern at givingsong.org or dm us on our instagram or facebook and share with us the inspiration for how to use You've Got a Friend in Me. This is especially relevant right now, and I love it. So next week, we are going to be talking about what to expect when working with different populations and choosing the right one for you. So we're going to do a little compare and contrast and discussion about different populations that we work with and can work with um, so that you can kind of get an overview of Um, you know, what might be an area that you want to learn more about or what might be an area that you really want to kind of specialize in. So that's going to be a great discussion. So make sure to tune in with us next Monday. Um, And if you're enjoying the content that we've been putting out there, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Um, Always let us know if we're doing well or if you've got suggestions. Again, please feel free to reach out. We want to hear from you. If you've got questions or um comments on content that you want us to cover send it in and remember when in doubt make music thanks guys for tuning in we'll see you next time